Systemizing your firm and niching down your practice with Jay Ruane, episode 262. Are you ready to make your law firm a profit-generating machine that will free up your time and skyrocket your impact? With more than two decades of business growth experience and having proven that you can be successful while prioritizing your family and your impact, Introducing the Profit with Law podcast. I am your host, the creator of the firm differentiator 10x effect, Moshe Amsel. Well, hello and welcome to another amazing guest interview here on the Profit with Law podcast. I'm your host, Moshe Amsel, and I have a special guest for you, somebody who I've seen on a ton of things out there. I mean, he is all over the place. He does something together with Seth Price. I've seen him on uh, some of the other uh, webinars and trainings that are out there. I see him very active in things like the Maximum Lawyer Facebook group. Uh, so I, I reached out to him and said, hey, Jay, we need to connect. We haven't, we haven't had you on here yet. Um, let's, let's have a conversation and let's see where it goes. And I think that um, he has some massive experience in an area that we all need to work on. And most of us know we need to work on it. We're kind of left trying to figure out what the right way to work on it is. And the problem is, is there is no right way. And we're going to explore with him to see how can we get started with this and how to work through it. So who am I talking about? Jay Ruane is my guest today. He is a nationally recognized expert in digital and social media marketing for lawyers. In addition, he's an Amazon best-selling author in the law practice management category. For over 20 years, Jay has handled the business and marketing development for his firm and all of his verticals, taking a successful solo practice to consistent seven-figure revenues and launching multiple practice groups. Jay also is a serial legal entrepreneur who has launched a social media marketing agency for lawyers and an automated daily accountability SaaS product. In his time working in the law, Jay has worked on two innocence cases that have successfully litigated and achieved full exonerations for men wrongfully convicted of murder who were sentenced to life in prison. So I'm excited to bring Jay on, but before we do that, we're going to take a brief moment here and share a word from our sponsors. Finding amazing employees is the toughest job for any business and especially for a law firm. You deserve to be the law firm owner you've always wanted to be, but you can't get there without a great team. Get Staffed Up helps you build your all-star team by staffing your law firm with incredible full-time offshore virtual assistants. Work with Get Staffed Up to save money and your biggest resource, time, while they find you the best English-speaking VAs in the world. Hashtag delegate your way to freedom. To learn more, Go to ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash get staffed up. ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash get staffed up. Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior virtual receptionist service for small businesses. They specialize in working with solo and small law firms. I discovered Smith AI a couple of years ago and was blown away by the range of services, which are available at a cost any attorney even those of you in the smallest solo practice can afford. Their friendly receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for consults. The best part is they don't just handle these conversations by phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on websites and via text message. If there's one growth hack, 
to your practice, this is it. Smith's friendly gatekeepers can staff your front lines. They'll capture new leads while you work uninterrupted. You can finally have the peace of mind that while you're working, you're not missing out on future work. Plans start at just $210 a month for calls and $140 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like Justy Nickel in Colorado say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth and client happiness. Smith AI offers a free trial and podcast listeners can get an extra $100 discount with promo code ProfitLaw100. That's ProfitLaw100. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say, don't let another day go by. Try Smith AI. And we are back. Jay, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. You know, listening to that introduction, I'm exhausted. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff in there. So uh, I, I'm yours today. Uh, I'm happy to talk about pretty much anything. I, I try to live my life as much of an open book as possible. So fire away. Awesome. Awesome. Jay, thank you so much, first of all, for taking the time to be with us. Believe it or not, there are going to be some listeners who haven't heard of you. So I love to start right there at the beginning. Let's just give you that easy uh, wind up, that easy pitch, lob it right over the plate. Let's hit that ball. Tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are and how you've come to, to where you are today. Okay, so I uh, my name is Jay Ruane, and I run a law firm here in Connecticut. Um, and um, I started off my career years ago um, being a public defender, you know, fighting the good fight uh, in the courthouses every day. Uh, after about two years of doing that, uh, I got passed over for a job. I was uh, back when I was a public defender back in the late '90s. I was making a hundred dollars a day, uh, but I was doing what I loved at that point. Uh, so I, I wasn't making a lot of money, but I was doing what I love. I got passed over for a permanent job, got upset with that, and quit on the spot. Um, walked down the street to my father's office. My father was a, was a solo who had, had some success, but really hadn't put to get two and two together business-wise. Uh, he couldn't offer me a job, but he and his uh, uh, office mates had an empty desk in the corner uh, that was covered with uh, phone books. So they said, you throw out the phone books in the dumpster out back and you can use that desk. So uh, I went to work. I hung a shingle and uh, really have sort of, you know, thrown myself into the business of law merely because I needed a way to eat and uh, pay my student loans. Uh, there wasn't anybody going to do it for me. So I would work all day hustling in the courthouse hallways trying to make a buck. Uh, I found early on in my career that the, the clients with DUI cases were the ones who could afford uh, to put a fee on a credit card. So I sort of gravitated towards that. I found a, um, a lot of the science interesting, uh, which was shocking to me, having not really been interested in science at all in uh, high school or college. But I got really deep into that DUI uh, defense community for a number of years and built up a, a pretty successful practice became president of my state criminal defense lawyers association. Uh, but all the while I was, you know, at night when I wasn't focusing on law, I was focusing on the business of law. How could I make my business run smoother so that when it came to me and be in my mid thirties, I would be able to uh, spend more time with my family. And I have been pretty successful uh, because I now have a very systemized firm that runs almost without my daily interaction. Uh, and I have four kids under 12 
at home and I'm able to spend a lot of time with them. So uh, what I put into place starting, you know, in, in the year 2000 is finally coming to fruition. And in the meantime, I've, I've taken what I've learned and uh, I try to give it away and give as much to as many lawyers as possible. Um, as you, you mentioned, I, I, I co-wrote Tiger Tactics, uh, which is available on Amazon uh, with a number of colleagues, all about our journeys to building our firms. Uh, and I frequently speak uh, when everybody asks uh, about how to build your firm and how to make it uh, run successfully. Um, so that's a little bit about me. Awesome, Jay, thank you so much for encapsulating that and just um, uh, really, really uh, brief, but for us to get a really good picture of, of who you are and, and, and how you've become, uh, what you've become today. You know, what's interesting is, is that I've had a number of conversations with really, really successful attorneys who, um, you know, have thriving practices. And if, if I had to put a common denominator on it, it would be their, their willingness to hustle early on to do whatever it takes to get that business. Um, you know, we had uh, Michael Duffy on from, from Duffy and Duffy and uh, out in Long Island on, on the podcast. And he talked about how he would go around and he's a personal injury firm. He talked about how he would go around and go to other law firms and ask them for their stinky fish cases. He called them the stinky fish cases, the cases that they didn't think they had a chance of winning. And they were just, you know, putting good money after bad by, by working on those cases. And he would take it off their hands for, and give them, you know, whatever, a third of, of whatever uh, they ended up getting from it. And then he had to figure out how to get them to win, which then made him a much better personal injury attorney because he had to really learn the science behind it. And your story is very similar to his where, you know, you stood there in the hallways trying to just solicit business. And all of a sudden you realized, hey, you know, here are the guys that are able to afford it. Let me figure out how to hone in on this. And then you had to become really good at it in order to be able to win their business. And um, and you've done that. You've done it successfully. And through that journey, you've also had to do other things, which is, you know, where, where you created your systems and made your, your firm more, more lean and, and efficient. But it all started with that early hustle. And I think that we're in a society where everything comes easy to us. You know, you just, you want something, you just talk and, and it comes to your door, right? Hey, Alexa, order me. Oh, I better stop placing an order here on the, <laughs> in my office. But, uh, but you know what I mean, right? It, it, we, we have instant um, satisfaction with everything that we do. And we expect that we start a law firm and we're going to have instant satisfaction. And the truth is, is that you know, people go out and they're like, what's the easy fix? Like, how do I, you know, what, what do I do to get a flood of leads coming through the door? How much money do I have to spend and where do I have to buy it from? And that's not the way to build a business. And, um, you know, it does require some work. It requires some, some, some real effort in the beginning to get, make a name for yourself, get those first few cases and really get the, get the grease, the grease, those wheels and get those wheels spinning. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. When I first started out, there were not a lot of DUI trials in Connecticut. There aren't, period. I, I, I think I probably have more than anybody else uh, in, in the state in the last 20 years. Uh, but it was difficult for me to see other lawyers do that work and learn from that. You can always go to a seminar and learn the skills, but sometimes seeing it live matters. So I developed a habit of when I was going to a conference, I would try to fly in a day early, find whoever the DUI lawyer that was like the the big name in that area go and either watch them in court watch them at a trial or visit their office to see how they their office functioned 
uh, to get a better idea of how to run my business. But you, you mentioned something um, there about how a lot of people, you know, they, they have to hustle, they have to be willing to do the work. And I see that as a problem with a lot of lawyers um, who hang a shingle. Uh, and they're not necessarily willing to put in the work to learn all the things that you need to learn to run a firm effectively. And so what they do is they throw money at their problems uh, instead of learning something. Now, it's all well and good that I can run my own pay-per-click because I've been doing it for 20 years. I know how to do it. I stay abreast of what's going on in that world. But if I'm not willing to learn even a little bit about pay-per-click as a business owner in today's modern world, um, what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to throw money at the problem. The problem with throwing money at the problem is that you don't really understand how something works and you could wind up spending an inordinate amount of money on your problem. Uh, you get taken by unscrupulous vendors. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that can be a problem. So a little bit of knowledge really goes a long way. And uh, I would spend my nights and my weekends reading business books, uh, you know, and, and there, there's got to be a fire uh, in your belly that you're going to succeed no matter what, I think, if you're going to hang that shingle. Uh, you know, the, law school teaches you how to walk and then you start a marathon. So many people think that the marathon was law school. And then once they get done, it's supposed to just happen for you. But law school really just taught you how to walk. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I think that we do a great job here on the podcast of trying to help people understand where their efforts should be placed, because that's the, the biggest um, part of this problem is how do I navigate all of this, right? And one of the biggest pushbacks I hear is, oh, they didn't teach business in law school, right? Well, let me tell you, I went to business school, they didn't teach business in business school. Right. So, it, you know, we all we're all on the same on the same page, which is you got to learn from experience. You got to learn. There's only so much that somebody can tell you what you need to do. And then you actually have to go and do it. Um, one of my coaches uses this as an example. He says, if you read a book on how to swim and you read it from cover to cover, you study it. I mean, you can t you can ace a test 100 percent every time you get all the questions right. You know exactly what needs to be done until you actually go in the water and swim, you don't know how to swim. And really that's what happens is we, you know, we invest so much time and money and effort in listening to people and going to conferences and trying to, you know, learn from others or whatever, but until you actually do it, until you actually say, okay, I'm going to take what I've learned. I'm going to ex execute on it. I'm going to try to make it happen. You actually don't know how to do anything. You, you'll be able to speak the speak, but you won't be able to walk the walk. And I think that that's, what you're what you're what you're saying is you know you got to figure out how to um how to get out there and and do it and execute on it and one of the other things i found is the people who achieve rapid success like i've interviewed people who like went from nothing to really successful law firm in in three years five years those people if you ask them like what did you do they said well i kept trying things yeah. I didn't let failure keep me down. Every time that I, I wanted to try, I just tried it. I just did it. We did it. We did it. We did it. We learned it didn't work. We didn't do it again. We learned it worked. We did it again. And, you know, that's really what it takes is just continuing to take action. Unfortunately, so many of us, we take an action, we get a negative result or a result we interpret as negative, And then we sit on the sidelines for three to six months. And then we get the courage to try again. And the truth is, is that you just need to keep trying. You just need to keep trying. Yeah, you got to have a short memory. 
That's, you know, short memory. <laughs> I love that. I love that. And, and you got to just, you have to have a bias towards action. And a lot of people are hesitant. And I think naturally um, there is some hesitation because you're putting yourself out there and you, 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 you're worried what other people might think about you. So there's some negative uh, pressure uh, upon you. Uh, I think also our training as lawyers, we have a tendency to overanalyze things. Uh, but, you know, everybody who's in a professional services organization uh, who wants to start one or make theirs better, um, you've interacted with other service organizations over your entire life. You see what other thing, other organizations, other industries are doing that you love, that you hate. And if you just take a step back and start to think about those things, you can apply those principles to your own practice. Uh, I mean, there's a reason why fast food chains generally are successful, right? Uh, and they're able to hire lower wage, and despite what everything's going on, generally speaking, they can hire a lower wage employee because everything is systemized. Well, you systemize everything you can in your law firm, you're going to have a more reliable ability to hire people reliably uh, because you're taking out a lot of the, the need for uh, thought in, in the things that they do. Uh, and, and that's really what it comes down to is, is making sure uh, you're doing the things to move yourself forward every single day. There are no days off. Yeah, now I want to dive into this systemization conversation. But before we do that, there's one thing that you shared that I think is really important for us to bring up. And that is you were you were kind of in the in the courthouse hallways looking for business. And I, I'm assuming that you would take anything that came your way at that point. And then and then you you started to focus in on DUI. How valuable was that transition from I'm going to do everything that comes my way to I'm going to focus on just this one area of law? Well, it, it really opened up a lot of doors for me. And the, the reason why I got into that area was uh, my I, I was hustling the hallways, trying to figure out uh, how to make uh, something work. Uh, my father at the time was appointed to handle a very serious murder case uh, that had was going to take up uh, like five months of his time. Uh, and so he had a uh, his practice and needed me to cover his cases that he couldn't otherwise attend to. Uh, and I had nothing going on. So I was like, well, I'll cover your stuff in the morning. But in the afternoons, I'm going to figure out how to how to make this business pop. Um, and my brother had just finished his first year of college and had taken a, a an intro to HTML class uh, and said, I can build you a website, but we need to have a purpose for the website. And so I said, well, I'm going to be a lawyer. It's a lawyer website. And his response was, that's going to be way complicated. Let's see if we can just find one area of law that you can do, and then we'll build it around there. And if you go on, if you go on the Internet Archive and go to and look for ctdwi.com, it is the ugliest website you will ever see. I had opening and closing file cabinets. I had a flashing police light. I mean, it looked like Homer Simpson's website. It was gross. But by putting that information out, and it's funny, some of the content from that website is actually currently on one of my websites now uh, to this day. So, you know, there is some lasting power to writing good content. But, uh, you know, it really comes down to, you know, finding a vertical that you're comfortable in and narrowing down. And even so far as it's 2021, and um, I am going to further narrow my niche on any legal stuff that I do to 
marijuana related DUI cases now. I'm, I'm getting away from the alcohol DUIs, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna focus myself and one other attorney in my office just on the marijuana related DUIs because I think that that's gonna be a growing field over the next decade as more and more states legalize. So I want to learn more about that. So I'm going to courses. I'm going to trainings. I'm learning as much as I can, even to this day. Uh, you know, it's all about narrowing the niche and, and, and owning the area. Yeah, and and what's interesting to note, and that you didn't spell this out, so I'm going to spell it out for you. I'm assuming that you're not saying no to the alcohol cases. You're just having someone else in your firm handle those. Oh yeah, I would never say no. That are going to be, you know, focusing on that specific, you know, subset of your niche absolutely absolutely no we we you know we'll take any any criminal style case that comes in we'll take it we've got people in our office who concentrate on sex assault on post-conviction work on general you know domestic violence stuff duis larcenies drug possession we'll do it all i'm not saying no to anything but we're targeting our marketing in certain markets based on the uh, the avatar of the lawyer that handles that in the office. So a lot of people go out and they identify the avatars of the client that they want. We also create interior avatars uh, of the lawyer in the office that's going to handle a certain type of case so that we can market that to people as well. Yeah. And what's interesting is, is that you have different attorneys handling different types of cases, right? You wouldn't try to have one attorney who's going to handle that whole array of criminal cases you just laid out, right? Because how can you expect to have a positive outcome for your client on all of them? You can't possibly be a master you can't. in all those areas, right? You so can't. part of the key to being able to have all of these subsectors of a niche is to be able to have a staff where you have specialists in each of those areas. And I think it's really important for um, law firm owners to understand, especially if you're earlier in your journey, that being you can't you can't do it all personally. So therefore, you have to niche down even into a sub niche for yourself, so that you can get really good at that, grow your firm from that, and then and then you extrapolate from there. Um, Jay, I'm assuming that you focused on DWI, and then from or DUI, and then from there, you then started to add these other things as you grew right so what happened was is i had the dui practice in the firm which financed our ability to take on other criminal work my father still had a general general criminal practice and what what's interesting is that over the last two decades now he's become known as a dui lawyer when for years i mean he was board certified in criminal defense handled death penalty cases uh, appellate cases um all focused generally on criminal defense but over the years, it sort of flipped, and now he's not even known as a general criminal lawyer. He's known as a DUI lawyer uh, in the general community. And we actually purposely tried to avoid him handling the DUI cases for the longest time. But it just the community, uh, the, the you know, the legal community started referring him business, uh, you know, and, and, and it's worked out to help us be a lot more steady on our income because, you know, with, with any sort of criminal practice, you know, you're dependent on who the police arrested in the last 10 days uh, as your uh, thing, which really crushed a lot of law firms, criminal defense law firms during COVID. If you got restaurants shut down and police not arresting people, you know, the bottom falls out of your practice. But, you know, we've been able to survive based on some other creative marketing that we've done uh, all, uh, over the last uh, year and a half. All, all very, very interesting. So 
you've been in business for quite a while. And at some point you figured out that I need to, I need to systemize things in my firm. When did you figure that out? And, and how did you start to attack um, making that happen? March, 2008. Finding amazing employees is the toughest job for any business and especially for a law firm. You deserve to be the law firm owner you've always wanted to be, but you can't get there without a great team. Get Staffed Up helps you build your all-star team by staffing your law firm with incredible full-time offshore virtual assistants. Work with Get Staffed Up to save money and your biggest resource, time, while they find you the best English-speaking VAs in the world. Hashtag delegate your way to freedom. To learn more, go to ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash Get Staffed Up. ProfitWithLaw.com forward slash Get Staffed Up. Thanks to our sponsor, Smith AI. Smith AI is a superior virtual receptionist service for small businesses. They specialize in working with solo and small law firms. I discovered Smith AI a couple of years ago and was blown away by the range of services, which are available at a cost any attorney, even those of you in the smallest solo practice can afford. Their friendly receptionists respond to potential clients in English or Spanish, screen and schedule new leads, and even take payment for consults. The best part is they don't just handle these conversations by phone. They also have live agents and chatbots capturing leads on websites and via text message. If there's one growth hack to your practice, this is it. Smith's friendly gatekeepers can staff your front lines. They'll capture new leads while you work uninterrupted. You can finally have the peace of mind that while you're working, you're not missing out on future work. Plans start at just $210 a month for calls and $140 a month for chats. They even offer a totally free chatbot, so there's no excuse. Try Smith AI today and see for yourself why attorneys like Justy Nickel in Colorado say Smith AI receptionists are the secret to business growth and client happiness. Smith AI offers a free trial and podcast listeners can get an extra $100 discount with promo code ProfitLaw100. That's ProfitLaw100. Sign up and learn more at www.smith.ai. Trust me when I say, don't let another day go by. Try Smith AI. I can you. tell you, you know exactly what. I can tell you the exact date. I'm not going to do that, but I'll tell you the exact date. I was starting a trial uh, the following Monday. Uh, it was a Saturday, and I was in the office, and I had a bunch of pleadings on another case that I wanted to push out the door. So I printed them, signed them, stuck them in the envelope, went to go print a stamp. And my uh, my postage, I needed a 41 cent stamp and there was only 35 cents left on the postage meter. And I froze. And I did not know how to add postage to the postage meter. Now this is 2008. We weren't using stamps.com or Indicia at the time. This was back when you had you a, a Bose machine <laughs> and you'd walk to the post office with a check and they'd cut the, the, the the, the, the little wire thing and go in and anyway. So I couldn't, I couldn't figure out how to get stuff added. I, and did we even have stamps here for this type of situation? I didn't know. So I got a little frustrated and I left a note for my assistants. I had two assistants at the time in the office. And I said, look, um, first thing you could do on Monday morning, put this in the mail because it's got to get out today. And then what I need you to do is write down for me everything that you do in the office while I'm away on this trial. 
because we need to have instructions on how to do all of that stuff. God forbid you guys get hit by a bus. And it was uh, my Emily and Paulette were the, the two women that worked for me. Emily is back working for me now after she left for a couple of years to uh, be married. And she married a, a gentleman in the service uh, who was deployed. So she went with him. Uh, but now she's working remotely for me. Uh, and it's funny because she's now loving the systems that we've developed over the years. Uh, so they wrote down every title of everything that they did. And that's still something that I'll do if people ask me to help them develop systems for their offices. We'll start with that exercise. And then we just started building out a Word document with the instructions on how to do everything. The first one was how to add postage uh, to the meter. And so from there, what we were able to do is just slowly build up how to do things in the office. And every time somebody would do something new, we would add it. Every time somebody came and asked me a question, I would say, this is how you do it, write it up, put it in there. And we built binders. We had huge three ring binders uh, that were indexed by somebody. And then we turned it into uh, a shared document on a heart, on a, on a file server. Then it went into Google Drive. Then we built a website for it. But all along, we've just been adding. And actually right now, we're doing an audit. I have one employee who is auditing all 1,500 systems that we have and creating new Loom videos, creating, uh, uh, you know, making sure that the logins are correct, doing all that work. So it's constantly a part and parcel of uh, running the firm, but it allows me to sort of step away and know that if my assistant who handles payroll isn't available because she got hit by a truck, uh, or, or just is taking a vacation day, somebody else knows when to step in and knows how to do what needs to be done. I will tell you one thing, you're going to have a hard time finding people to work for you. If everybody keeps getting hit by buses and trucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe it's just say they get sent on a, a lovely vacation. But no, but that's, but the truth is, is that we don't, we, you know, we try to figure out like, why, why do I need systems? Like what, what is the reason for it? And it, there's so many so many reasons, but that is the number one reason is there's got to be somebody who knows how to do this thing that this person is doing. And we don't know what somebody has got going on. I mean, they don't have to get hit by a bus or a truck. They could fall in love with somebody and just decide to elope overnight. And all of a sudden they're gone. Like, Hey, here's my two weeks notice. I won't be coming back tomorrow, you know, and, um, or, or they get sick um a family member gets sick i mean my my you know my mother or my grandmother got sick and she lives in honduras and i flew down there and i'll be there for three months i'll be back soon you know so there's so many different scenarios we can play out where somebody just disappears um but then there's the other stuff like okay what about coverage for them they're on vacation or uh, i'm working on the weekend or somebody comes in on the weekend to do something and now they don't know how to do the next thing because that th there's somebody else in the office who does that so um those are all really important um, the other thing that i can you know that i can think about is i'm a big proponent of alternative fee arrangements and when you start getting away from hourly billing and you start putting in any sort of subscription or flat fee or value-based pricing any of those or even uh, contingency-based models, right? Any of those models, you have freedom to change who does things. When you're billing hourly, you want the lawyer or the paralegal, the people who are billers to be doing a lot of the work because that's how you make your money. But as soon as you have these other models, you now have the ability to have other people who maybe are not certified, or maybe you, you, know, you can't go out and send a bill because the file clerk filed something, but now you can make things more efficient and you can make them happen with lower uh, cost employees 
where you don't have to feel like you're competing against yourself by creating those efficiencies. So there's so many valuable uh, reasons to systemize. Um, Jay, you created systems over, over the course of time and you've already highlighted that really it was your staff that did it, right? It, was, it right. really wasn't you. You had them write down what they were doing. And then if somebody has a question, they come to you, tell them, and then they go create the system. I think that's really important. I think that um, understanding that you don't have to be the one doing it is probably the first step because if you, don't, if you think you have to do it all, that's why we don't start. Right. And that's and that's and that's the biggest challenge. I mean, what you need to do if you're going to start systemizing your office is is really develop a system for creating your systems. Uh, and there's a lot of things you can do. You can you can have contests. You can. I mean, I got Paulette and Emily to start with creating those systems because I gave them a financial reward. I said, look, we get all these things documented. I'll give you each five hundred dollars. And, you know, they were they were young and, and they didn't have boyfriends at the time and said, hey, we're going to stay here on Friday night and just bang these things out. And we're going to get to go out together to the casino with the five hundred dollars you're going to give us on Saturday morning. I said, sounds good to me. Let's get this done. You know, and, and, and so really what you the first rule of any business owner is to look to see what you can use, uh, you know, le what leverage, what talent you can leverage. And trust me, the people who work for you, who do these things every day who are filing motions or pleadings and who are creating documents to get out to your clients, opening up your files uh, when you have physical files. They know how to do it as fast as possible uh, because they've used their own knowledge to make their job more efficient because they get they want to be efficient, right? They, they don't want right. to spend two hours doing something they could do in a half hour. So tap that knowledge and, 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 and document it and you're going to then be able to then elevate them to do stuff that uses their brain better uh, and, and you're going to put yourself in a better place uh, with your business. Right. And, and some people might have pushed back like, oh, my employees are going to think that I'm doing this to be able to replace them. And I think that it's really important that you highlight to your staff that when they become more efficient and when they create a way for their job to be transferred to somebody else, it it's room for them to elevate so that to move to the next position up. So it's not, you know, there shouldn't be that that fear behind it. It should instead be seen as an opportunity because the more of my job that I that I allow somebody who is less trained than me to do, the more that I can do more complex things. Absolutely. That's one of the great things about systems is that a systemized firm really allows you to elevate your lawyering game. You know, for me, when I would work a DUI file, I would want it set up a very particular way. I would document all my chat. I was a big proponent of the chapter method of cross-examination. I'm a huge Terry McCarthy fan. Uh, and I've got to train with Terry over years. Um, and and it, it was just, it was lovely to have that sort of one-on-one -on -one experience with just a giant in, in cross-examination. Um, but I was able to set my stuff up so that when I would come back after placing a case on the trial list, I could turn to one of my assistants and say, get this file ready. And they had a system of everything that they would need to do to get the file ready for me, which means I wasn't having to do it, which meant that I was then able to say, somebody else has this responsibility. I could elevate and focus on the higher level lawyer thinking, and I could spend a lot more time on that and really elevate the level of legal skill that I could apply to a file because I could dream up creative motions or new ways to cross-examine or new themes or theories of defense that I could raise. That if I was in the weeds, 
you know, three hole punching my emotions to put into a binder, I'd never have the time to do. And so I think the more systemized you are, the better your lawyering is going to be. Absolutely. Now we're a long ways from the three ring binder and having things in a, in a you know, printed out where you can go back and, you know, have people find it. I mean, you would never be able to have your serviceman uh, wife working remotely if that all the procedures were in three ring binders. Right. And you even alluded to the fact that it then became, you know, on a hard drive and then it was on Google Drive. Now you even have a website for it for the lawyer who's not systemized. You're just they're just getting started. What is the the quickest, dirtiest, easiest way for them to get started that you recommend they should do today? Start a Google Doc. It's as simple as that. I mean, a Google Doc can be shared to anybody here or around the world. Uh, it can be edited by multiple people and it tracks your edits. So all of those things, it's, it's, it's as simple or any type of shared document uh, that you want. I mean, I'm sure Microsoft has a shared document uh, the service that they have as part of their platform, but a shared document that everybody in your office has access to, uh, because then you could just use your browser, find and find the keyword of whatever, just, just go start at the top. These are the systems for our firm and have one page. That's going to be your index page and then start documenting them down below. And then once you have that, you know, Google document of 50 or 100 pages then look to see how you're going to organize it what service you might use if you're going to build a knowledge base on wordpress like i've done if you're going to use trainual or tetra or one of those things um you know figure it out um and and and, and but don't sign up for one of those services and start spending money thinking that that's going to get you to to to, to build systems because it's not what gets you to build systems is building systems successfully and seeing how much easier life is. It's like, you know, it's, it's getting that big rock rolling. Once you get it rolling, it's easier to keep it rolling and pick up speed, but you're not going to get it rolling by paying somebody to have an access to a website that you're never going to use. So start with the Google Doc. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I'm a big proponent of doing things manually first and then looking for the system, the, the software to leverage the automation or the tracking or, you know, the thing that's going to make it easier because you need to find the software that's going to fit your systems, not the, not the systems that are going to now have to fit into the software that you purchased. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. And, and people tell me, oh, I have, I have software bloat, you know, I'm paying all these monthly fees and I, I don't, not even using half of them. And the reality is, is that's really what we what we keep doing is we keep signing up for software because we know we need to fix this problem. But instead, we're going to buy the piece of software and then try to make sure that we get and go and use it. But we don't always go and use it. And um, so I love that piece of advice to you know get started with a simple shared document. Uh, and then once it grows to, to be something significant, now you take a look at, OK, where you know, where can we move it to, even if it's going to be a little bit of a project to move it. Um, at least now you've got it in place and you're doing it. Another thing you alluded to is you said that you had somebody go back and record Loom videos, right? Loom is an amazing tool. It doesn't have to be Loom. There's other things that do the same thing, but Loom makes it so easy to literally share your screen, turn on your microphone, record instructions and demonstrate how it's done. And now you've got a URL, it's housed on Loom and you go and you, you put that into your process document. Um, so that's, that, that's another thing that I think is, is really valuable, really important to um 
you know, to allow you to create systems and processes that other people can use without them needing to try to now run into stumbling blocks because somebody forgot one instruction in the list of instructions and now they're stuck and they're like, oh, I don't know what to do next. So, you know, Loom Videos allows you to capture it. So even if I forgot to put this step in, I can watch the video and I can see how it's done. Absolutely. Okay, so systems and processes are really important, but how does a lawyer or a law firm owner attain efficiency with their time so that they could shut down at four o'clock and go spend time with their family like you're doing? So the way I've always, the way, well, not always, because I have been incredibly uh, inefficient for decades, um, but really I started putting a concerted effort into it about three years ago. And I just developed a system for my days, knowing that um, at, there were going to be points because of the type of practice that we're building. Um, uh, you know, we're, we're in addition to our criminal practice, we have a new lawyer in our office who is doing, focusing on civil rights work. Uh, and started with one of our exonerees, um, that was going to eat up some of his time and I was going to have to cover some stuff in court. Um, so what I did is I just basically said, okay, I'm going to free up my mornings to do whatever I need to do in court. If I'm going to have to cover something in court, it's going to be done in the morning because of the way our courts work here in Connecticut. But the afternoons, I'm going to designate each afternoon as an area. So my Mondays were dedicated to high-level intakes. My Tuesdays were going to be de dedicated to firm administration. My Wednesdays were going to be dedicated to firm marketing. Uh, and so I picked it, a different topic for each afternoon. And then Friday was Friday afternoon was my catch all with a hope that I was able to catch up with everything and be able to boogie out, you know, by two or three o'clock on Friday to spend more time with my kids. So it really was a system that I put into place to allow me to know. And, and so uh, my staff was able to schedule things for me uh, along those guidelines. They knew I was going to be handling things at certain days. Uh, and so they could just load up my schedule. And then I was staying sort of in that area uh, regularly. And it allowed me to be much more efficient because I was moving from uh, topic to topic, but staying in the same niche area of the running of the law firm to allow myself to really be able to focus all of my energy and attention at that time. Yeah, I, I love that concept of creating these blocks where you're gonna do that specific thing. As a matter of fact, one of the things that we just did, I had Thursdays was my recording days for podcasts. And the problem was, is that I can do multiple recordings on a Thursday, but then the next Thursday I'm on the hook for the podcast again. When I went back to my team, I said, look, we're just doing, we only need four recordings a month. Let's do a fifth. So we start to build a, you know, we have a queue that's built, but I want one day a month recording guests. I don't want to dedicate every Thursday for that. So as you, as you get better and better at blocking that time, you get better and better at using that time and making it work. Um, now I've, I'm moving my, move my recording days to Tuesdays. So we're actually recording this on a Tuesday. So I'm doing one Tuesday a month. And that's it. Um, there's a ton of value in doing one specific type of function in a block of time because that creates, uh, that allows your brain to be in that mode and work in that mode during that time. And our brain has so many different functions that it, that it, that it does. And every single thing that we do processes differently. And every time we need to switch from one type of process to another, we have to, our, we have to get into that mode. And there's, there, um, it's called context switching. So we lose productivity during that context switching. So I love that you've, that you've already done that. You've done, that's how you, you, you have uh, created that efficiency. 
Now, what about um, sticking to goals and making sure that you continue taking action? I mean, we spoke about that earlier. And one of the problems or challenges that law firm owners have is I know what I need to do, but for some reason, I don't actually go and do it. Now, we, we might say we don't have enough time. We might say something else has a higher priority. How do we stick to the things that we know we need to do to continue to grow our business? So I ran into this challenge myself. This was one of the this is one of the biggest problems I've had over the last decade or so as I've you know, as I've had kids and I'm being pulled in a million different directions. And it was especially bad last year in March and April. We had our kids close school had closed. They were home. They were home all the time. Our offices were closed. I was home all the time. And so I was being pulled in a million different directions. So I actually turned to my brother uh, who helped me build that first website years ago. I said, you know, there has to be a way for me to automate my uh, my accountability because setting goals was never a problem. It was accomplishing goals. I could have a list of a million things to do, but what I needed to do was have somebody who can basically stay on my butt and make sure that I got those things done. So I determined, you know, there's there's things like commit to three. Uh, there's other sort of uh, accountability programs that are out there. And I said, look, I want to make sure that I bang out at least three things every morning and three things every afternoon. And if I can do that, I can end the day and know that I feel accomplished. Uh, so he went out and said, you know, I've got a different, couple of different programs I can use to automate this. Um, I'm going to send you some emails and uh, this way you can you can check in. And we did that for about a week. And I said, yeah, I'm getting those emails and just ignoring them because it wasn't really working. So uh, we thought about it some more. And I said, you know, it'd be great if, if I just had somebody writing me that was sending me text messages like, hey, did you get this stuff done? Because if I had, you know, because when I go to the gym, I'll go to the gym and I'll be there for an hour and a half and I won't accomplish as much as much as I would if I'm there for 45 minutes with a trainer who's taking me over saying, okay, now do this exercise, get it done, get your reps in. Now we're doing another set. So what I really needed was an accountability uh, coach. So he actually worked with me and we developed this new platform called Finalize. And Finalize is an automated daily productivity coach that just basically asks you every night, what do you need to accomplish tomorrow? Uh, and then we'll blast you a text message in the morning saying, get these three things done and then check in with you. Get it. You know, how are you doing on your morning tasks? Here's your afternoon tasks. How are you doing on your afternoon tasks? And you, every night it checks in with you. It never takes a day off. Uh, and it's just a way for me, really, um, to make sure that I am getting constructive things done every day to move my firm forward. Uh, and my, you know, it's funny, I had one of my cousin's daughters. Uh, who's a senior at the University of South Carolina, came up to visit uh, this summer for a couple of days, and she saw I was using it, and she's like, I could use this at college because I'm always forgetting the stuff I need to do the next day. So now she's using it. Um, a number of people have signed on to use it. It's a great little tool sort of to, to, to make sure that you're, you're staying on task and not only staying on task, but you're accomplishing it, checking it off your list. I mean, if you do six things a day uh, over the course of a 30-day month, you know, that's nearly 200 things that you've done concretely, decisively to move your business forward. It's over 2,000 in a year. So it's, it's, it's a great way to sort of uh, elevate your game. Yeah. And, and, and as, you're, as you're talking about this, I'm, I'm, what, what I'm really seeing is 
it's not just business, right? We, we have, we have different domains in our life. We have family, we have our own physical health and well-being. We have our emotional health and well-being. We have, we have our firm, and then we have our individual tasks within the firm. So when we, and as a law firm owner, you have even like, there's more stress and there's more, there's more time being sucked out from you. And you still have to focus on these other areas in order to be successful in the law firm. If you're not successful in your family life, it bleeds back into the law firm. If you're not if you're not successful in keeping yourself healthy, it bleeds back into your into your productivity every day. So you can now have it remind you or make sure, hey, did you go did you go do your 15 minute walk or your, or your 30 minute run or whatever it is? And as one of the tasks that I need to do today. Um, so I really like that. Uh, that aspect of it. And I, and I love the, you know, the text reminders, because we, you know, as we start to filter out more and more of the electronic communication, text is the one thing that we still check regularly and we listen to. Unfortunately, um, I got my cell phone got on some list and I am getting harassed by these credit companies. Oh, we want to open a line of credit for your business. Right. And I've get and I get that they text me the, I mean, the, the, the audacity that they have to just send text blasts to your phone. Um, and unfortunately I think I'm going to have to change my phone number if I want to solve the problem. Um, but that just speaks to how much we use text messaging, because if it was just an email, I'd ignore it. Right. But it's not. It's a text message. And now I have to click on it to clear that notification that I have a new message. And it really annoys annoys me because of how we I use text messaging. And most people are the same way. So and I love that it's a text. Ninety-eight percent of text messages are opened within three minutes of the of them receiving it. Nothing else comes close. I mean, I'll tell you for me, one of my daily tasks is don't eat cookies. Because I got to remind myself every day not to eat cookies. Otherwise, I'd be like the cookie monster, you know. So, so that I mean, my my now really are focused on my health and wellness, uh, and then one or two other things that I'm working on. I mean, when we were scheduling this, I made sure to make myself a reminder earlier today that I, you know, I, I put it on my list so that I would be reminded that we were doing this uh, conversation later in the day. Uh, so I got the reminder, I got the accountability, and I was ready to go when we were scheduled to do this call. Yeah. And I, I think that we have to navigate, right? So, I mean, we live by our calendar too, right? And especially attorneys, but I, I as a business owner, I live by my calendar and, and it's all my domains of life, right? My wife has to get an acceptance on the calendar if she wants to expect me to be somewhere. Um, when we're working around, oh, I need to get take my kid to the pediatrician. My calendar is, I look to see when am I available and I, I work their appointment around it. Now that spot is blocked. Nobody can take that spot when, you know, booking something else. Um, and there's a difference between what do I need to get done and what's on my calendar, right? We, we don't have a hard time keeping to our calendar and doing the things that are scheduled. We have a hard time doing the things that are unscheduled. And that's where I think this list is going is golden is it helps you fill in the blanks. It helps you do the things, make sure you accomplish the things that you didn't schedule on your calendar. Um, scheduling things on your calendar is another solution of accountability of making sure you get things done. So if it's really important, block the time to do it so that this way, you know, you're not pushing it off because it's on your calendar. Um, I, you know, the one piece that's really um, up in the air with this piece of software is you need to know at night, what are the six things I need to get done tomorrow? Right? 
So what do you do about that? Like, how do you narrow down? Because we all have a list of 500 things we need to do, right? How do you get down to six without it becoming a project where you're going to be like, oh, forget it. I'm not sending a list. Right. So the way I approach it, um, and a lot of our members have approached it, is each one of the six things is a different category. So I start with, number one, critical work function. Whatever it is, it may be, you know, making sure that the taxes got paid or whatever, whatever my critical work function is, reviewing my insurance. Next, it's important work function. Then it's business marketing task, business networking task. Then it is personal health and then personal wellness. So those are my six. So I know I have a system, right, for filling out this chart every day. And the first thing I'm going to get is going to be my critical work thing. Uh, then, then we move down the list. Uh, I probably should move my health and wellness to the morning uh, and move the work to the afternoon if, if I was doing what my doctors told me to do. But, you know, I, I focus on making sure that this system approaches it so that I am able to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish. Now, there are days where I might put a, a, a third important work thing into that business marketing slot uh, that I've set for myself because I got a lot of stuff on my plate. Uh, but then there are days where I will leave one of those things empty and say, I don't have to work on anything on this topic today uh, and take that time to work on something else. Uh, and so it's really all about utilizing the tool as best uh, for you and your needs. Yeah. And I think that it's important that that people, everyone recognize that you have to do you, right? Your right. doctor says you should exercise in the morning. Well, I like to exercise after lunch. That's just when I can actually fit it in, when it works for me, when I get it done. You know what? That's better than not exercising at all. So, don't, you know, you don't have to you don't have to be perfect to what what the world around you wants. You just have to get the things that you know you need to get done done whenever it's going to make sense for you to get them done. And I think that's really the most powerful part of this tool is that you get to decide what's on my list. You get to decide when during the day am I going to get reminded about it so that um, you get your accountability the way that you need it. I love it. I think this tool is, is great. So, um, Jay, if somebody wants to uh, find out more about that tool or to sign up for it and try it out, where should they go? They should go to finalize.com. It's F-I-N-I-L-I-Z-E. It's all eyes in it. Uh, finalize.com is the tool. Uh, it's uh, it's super cheap. You know, it's it, like like a lot of things that I do. I'm not in this to, to make money. Uh, it was a tool I needed, uh, and we figured out how other people might be able to use it. Uh, so it basically covers its costs. Uh, but it's it's been a tool that's uh, helped. Uh, quite a bunch of people over the last uh, over the last six months as we've gone through beta stages and the like, uh, and so I'd encourage anybody to try it out. Uh, the, the, a three day trial is only a dollar, uh, so you know you could try it out for three days. If it's not for you, sign up. All you have to do is sign back in and cancel, and you won't get you won't lose anything more than a buck. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it out myself, and I encourage everybody to, who's interested to try it out themselves. We are going to put that URL in the show notes. So just click in your podcast description, click through to the show notes page. It'll be there for you. Uh, you don't have to remember it because I know some people are in the shower right now. Some of them are out on, on for a run and all kinds of things. You're driving your kids around. Don't stop what you're doing and go to this website. Go finish what you got to do, but come back and the, the link will be there. Just you know, click through um, and you can, you can sign up. Jay, it's been an absolute awesome pleasure here. Great conversation. I really think that we, we had a ton of key nuggets and takeaways. Um, let me just ask you this. 
for any attorney who's listening to this, whether they're at the beginning of stages, whether they're quite successful, they're trying to figure out how to scale and leverage uh, their growth, what is one key nugget, piece of advice that you can leave them as we, as we close this up? So one of the, the biggest things that I think a lot of lawyers need to recognize is that we are in this career for a long, long time. And unlike business people who invent a widget, then go overseas to get it created, and then they're worried about somebody improving on the widget and it going out of style, we are shepherds and stewards in our local communities for quite a long time. And the things that you do now may not have an instant reaction. You know, you may not get that instant response that you're looking for. But as you build your name in your community, as you do things that help your law firm grow, it's going to make it easier for you to do things 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the line. So recognize that you might not see instant results, but you know you also don't see instant results if you are 300 pounds and you want to get to 200. Uh, you know you got to lose that first pound before you can lose the second. Uh, and so that's what it's all about. It's about putting in the time and the effort and being consistent. And don't don't worry that you're not seeing your practice explode in three months. Uh, because if you keep doing it in the years to come, you will just grow and grow and grow and be the law firm that you want to be. Know what your vision is. Be marching, uh, in you know, without delay towards that vision. Uh, and 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 just keep putting one step in front of the other. I love it. I love it. Awesome, awesome words of, of advice and wisdom from Jay for you. Uh, folks, if you love this episode, I have one ask for you, and that is just take it and share it with one other person that you know can gain value from it. If each of my listeners shared this with one person, we would, this, this podcast would grow exponentially. But more importantly, the time that we're investing to talk to you will now be expanded on and more and more people would be able to hear that. So uh, we would love it if you can just simply take this episode and share it with another. Um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast and you're not yet a subscriber, hit the subscribe button so that you can get more uh, of these episodes delivered right to you in your podcast player. We're here twice a week, every Tuesday and Thursday. And we, we just love the fact that you're here listening to us, whatever you're in the middle of doing, however distracted or focused you are, um, just being able to hear this information. There's got to be something that you took from this that's going to enhance your life, enhance your firm, and just uh, make things better for you. And you can get that with each episode. So you get one takeaway from each episode, and we do 104 episodes in the year. Um, you've got 104 takeaways and action items that you've acted on. I mean, just that alone is going to be massive for your growth. And then imagine if you if you grow, you know, take on that and you just expand on it. I mean, it just it just continues to propel yourself forward. So um, this podcast is invaluable to you. We, we try to keep it that way. We try to keep bringing you fresh, amazing content. And, you know, that's exactly what we did today with Jay. So we appreciate your time. I'm Jay. Thank you so much for spending the time with us. And folks, thank you for spending the time with us to, to listen and to, and to receive the information that we were giving. And I can't wait to uh, speak to you again on next Tuesday. Take care. Have you been enjoying the show? We sure hope so. To make sure you never miss an episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast player app. 
Next week, we will be back with more valuable resources and ideas on how to break the mold and take your law firm to the next level. 